Welcome to Back of the Grid. My name's Chris Evans, and I'm joined by Stu Greenwood. Hello. And by Tom King. Hello. Uh, a day later than usual this week, thanks to the long weekend. Um, but we're all, we're back and refreshed, right? Y- 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, convincing. You sound very unsure about that, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> it's either refreshed or still have a hangover. It could go either way. Yeah. A bit both. Yeah. We are here to preview the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So I guess we'll dive straight into a bit of news ahead of that. Uh, the first bit being that Ferrari are bringing what are actually their first upgrades of the season this weekend. It's sort of in the dark exactly what these upgrades are and how extensive it is. Um, but it's interesting given that Mercedes have bought several very small kind of aero tweaks to every race so far this year. And Ferrari have essentially, from the outside of the car at least, been running the same car that turns in Australia. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they bring and how much of a difference it makes. Because obviously the, the the general consensus with that car seems to be that it's very fast but operates in a very, very specific window, which they've yes. struggled with so far. Which yes. used to be the Mercedes problem of old. It did, yeah. Mm. How times and, change. Well, it probably still is, I think, based yeah. on... Yeah, I just don't think the window's as narrow as what yeah. Ferrari are finding Maybe, theirs to yeah. be at the minute with the Mercedes. Mm. Interesting. They should be the quickest car at Baku, I'd have thought. Ferrari, no? You'd have thought so. They should be the quickest car everywhere at the minute. It's true. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's true. Last season, they should have been the quickest car everywhere. You're right there. <laughs> I guess the difference with Mercedes were the ones that had a car that operates in a very small window. They still won a lot, which is something Ferrari yeah. failing to do so far. But yes, yeah. we'll see how, how far those upgrades go. Meanwhile, Racing Point and Haas, who I think are two teams that have probably underperformed this year based on previous results and on testing um have both said they're not expecting upgrades until barcelona in two weeks time which is traditionally where big upgrades first tend to turn up um has have specifically said that they're struggling a lot with getting temperature into their tires um so they're very much braced for a a rough weekend given that baku is all straight lines and very slow corners which is yeah already a tire heating nightmare yeah, Gunter's um, going to be effing and jeffing on that pit wall this weekend. He, he really is, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Netflix guys are going to be uh, surrounded and waiting for more sound bites. Aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've been kind of nowhere really has, have they? Um, but again, given how tight that midfield is, if you're having tire temperature struggles, that's just going to be you done, isn't it? Mm. Um, interesting how in the last race, um, Haas did qualify in the top 10, but didn't go out, did, chose not to do a running in uh, a proper run in final qualifying in Q3. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was actually the racing points that had the advantage over the Haas's because they started, I think Perez started 12th, did he? Um, so he got a free choice tyre and that gave him an advantage over the Haas ahead of him, which is why yeah. he finished in was it eighth he finished that i've got this in front of me somewhere he yeah eighth yeah 12th with a free choice of tire is probably a better starting position than 10th with tires you're already used yeah and finally in upgrade news there's kind of unconfirmed talk of honda having a 20 brake horsepower upgrade to their engine this weekend 
um, but only for qualifying laps and very short bursts during the race. It's kind of a party mode, I guess, if you want to use the Mercedes uh, parlance. Um, but then if figures are to be believed, that would still leave them a further 20 brake horsepower off Ferrari. So they still have a way to go, but mm. every step that's in that a... direction is positive, I guess. Yeah, 20 horsepower, that's... um. What's that, like a, a moped's worth of pace? <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to think of the Martin Brundle? Yeah. <laughs> Relatable yeah. data. 20, that'll push a moped on at a very uh, swift pace, won't it? <laughs> push it along very nicely. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. There was an interesting <laughs> little bit of analysis on it by just a random Reddit poster um, that sort of put it in a comparable point to, when was it, the... 2010 to 2013 Renault version of the, you know, like the deficit to the front runners, that's yeah. kind of where it puts them again. So it kind of puts them back in that ballpark where they were not too far behind the front runners with the Renault engines. But mm. whether that means they can translate into better results is another Not question. too far behind, but still crucially behind. Exactly. Mm. Do we think we could we could see a Honda on the podium this weekend as a result of this upgrade? Oh, yeah, you're jumping into my notes a bit further ahead there, Stu. But... Oh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Do apologise. Well, not really. I, th- I don't think it's, at this race, I don't think it's out of the question, for sure. Has Max had a podium yet this season? He was on the podium in Australia, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, they've, they've got the car and they can do it. If they can do it yeah. anywhere, it's going to be here, I think. Do you think so? Oh, I don't know. With the long straights, like... If if it's a car that's traditionally down on power and the the the, I guess the, those tight windy corners will favour the Red Bull, but those long straights, yeah. they, I think they're going to suffer, aren't they? A little bit. I guess in a way, it's like Monza of old, isn't it? If you can get yourself behind another car at the right moment, you'll be in front of them by the time you get to the straight, just because there's so much slipstream going on. It's Monza meets Monaco. Yeah, it really is. It's Monzaco. <laughs> yeah, no, let's just call it Monzaco from now on. I like it. <laughs> Speaking of circuits with big, stupid straights, F1 and uh, Herman Tilke's design company have released a, a virtual onboard lap of the Hanoi circuit that's due to be added to the calendar in 2020, uh, which you can watch on all the social media places and YouTube and stuff. I assume you two have both seen it. Yeah. Yes. What yeah. do you think? Uh, it looks a bit like a lot of walls, a lot of walls, a lot of walls. Well, actually, um, Tom Austin Morgan has written in, so I'll tell you what he thinks. He said it looks like a composite of Russia, South Korea with a hint of Valencia. (laughs) Valencia did spring to my mind as well, actually. Sadly, if I were to pick three tracks to get rid of from the calendars of the last (laughs) few years, it'd probably be those three. Yeah. Um, I'm going to watch it again. Okay. While you guys continue talking about it. We'll call it Rushlensia. This is the portmanteau episode, is it? Yeah, <laughs> it really exactly. Is. I love portmanteau. It's my, one of my favourite things in like words. Um, <laughs> just to put that out there. No, the the big sweeping corners definitely have a Russia vibe to them. Yeah, for sure. the the Valencia vibe I got was the the hairpin at the end of the very long straight felt a lot like the final corner at Valencia in that. Yes, you have a long straight leading up to it, but the kind of geometry of the corner means 
there's kind of only really one line through it from the looks of it. Like if you got up the inside there, you're going to struggle so much to even get around the thing. That left-hand hairpin is the one that I think maybe Tom Austin Morgan is getting the South Korea vibes from. Yeah, definitely. Because it is very similar to Turn 1 at South Korea. The yes, way that it kind of is. It, it's got that little kink just after it, and then it's onto another straight. So I can mm. I can see where that idea might come from. Yeah. I can, I'm watching this lap now, and I can tell you, this is a very tail-happy car they've got set up for it. <laughs> I don't know who's driving this thing, but they're, yeah, seesawing the wheel all over the yeah, shop. Absolutely sawing at it aren't they and there's some mega long straights as well oh there's gonna it is it's kind of a bakui kind of vibe as well i'd say it's not i guess that's why it's tail happy because you're gonna want next to no wing on it for those big straights otherwise you're just gonna eaten up i remember we said when we first saw the map of the track we said that's gonna be a difficult track to set up for because there's a lot of medium high speed corners and there's a lot of really long straights a couple of really really long straights so I think it looks interesting. I think it'll generate good racing. I think it'll be like, we've got another backhoe on our hands. And the cool thing about it is it's right in the middle of a city, an amazing city. Yeah. Yes. So I will definitely be going to the inaugural uh, via. Wow. Now calling it now. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. I'm going to do a big trip around, <laughs> uh, that time of year next year, I think. That's my plan. Nice. <laughs> I'm, I would say I'm reserving judgment on it. I'm not, I'm not convinced it's going to generate great racing. But um, then again, well, we said that about Baku and were proved right the first year. Yeah. And then subsequent years have proved that to be completely wrong. So mm. Baku could gives be... me hope that this circuit will work. Yeah, we could we could have a repeat of that. It could be that, you know. Possibly. We get the first one while they get their heads around it doesn't generate the best racing. But then like the first year, the F2s had an amazing um, yeah. couple of races, didn't they? There, And we were just massively yeah. disappointed by the F1s. So... Who know? Who, I mean, you can tell until you get all the all twenty cars on there and they're all going hammer and tong at it at each other. Exactly. Then, yeah, it's it's hard to make a make a judgment, isn't it? Yeah. As a little side note that I read earlier, there's been my my Malaysian politics isn't great, but there's been some change of Malay in Malaysian politics, and there's someone now talking about wanting to get the Grand Prix back and putting more funding into it, and looking at them adding. Hanoi in 2020, Miami in the next couple of years. I think they're going to have to work really hard to find space for Malaysia again on that calendar. Yeah, just, you're going to, we're going to have to ditch. Um, what's the most boring race that we've got at the moment? It's this kind of worms again, isn't it? China. <laughs> I, I can't see. Well, you say that. There's also been rumours this week of them wanting to add a second Chinese Grand Prix yeah. on the streets of um, Shanghai yeah. Street. Shanghai. Wasn't... No, it wasn't Shanghai. It was. Beijing is where they want to add a street Beijing. circuit. Beijing, yes. Talk of a street circuit in Beijing alongside the existing Chinese Grand Prix, not uh, instead of. That'd be a struggle. To, that's a lot of races. Suddenly we've got we've gone from twenty one races to just in two sentences, <laughs> twenty five races in a exactly. Season. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's back when they used to have the European Grand Prix, so that could have two in Germany. They're going to have like a. Well, I guess they've had like the Pacific Grand Prix in the past, haven't yeah. they? It's true. Might might bring that back. Mm. It's another street circuit, though, isn't I it? I think. Yeah, I think if you're going to do it, you've got to ditch Shanghai. 
you've got yeah, to ditch. agreed. You've Completely got to agree. Yeah. It's not. It's not an amazing. I mean, this. I suppose last race, last year's race was good, but I seem to remember last year's race only being good because we had a random safety car at a crucial yes. point in the race. Yeah, it was. It was watching Danny Rick fight through the field after a safety yeah. car. That was what was entertaining. Not the. Not the rest of the, it. Yeah, the rest of it up to that point it had been pretty dull, right? If I remember correctly, and this year, you know really nothing happened like I, honestly i have when i picture the last race i have more visual memory of bahrain than i do of china hmm. and china was like so much good maybe there's something wrong with my short-term memory i don't know but <laughs> but um you forgot what you were talking about yeah maybe there is something wrong with my short-term memory <laughs> but yeah I suppose, like to follow, I think the the struggle with the Chinese Grand Prix this year, just go, just while we're on it, is it was following such a belter of a race in Bahrain that it was always going to be difficult for any. You could have put any race after that, and it's going to struggle to hold a candle to it. So it's just unfortunate that it wasn't a great race, even in of itself, was it? Yeah, so it made it seem that much worse. Following a great race is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So get rid of it and uh, do a street, Streets of Beijing race instead. That's my knee, classic knee-jerk Formula 1 reaction <laughs> to that. I mean, it'd, be a, it'd be a good backdrop for a circuit, if nothing else. Yeah, it's true. You know, the bird's nest. Yeah. Well, Formula E have done it, haven't they? In fact, the very first race was in Beijing, Formula E, so yeah, mm. it can be done. Yeah, we haven't got any Formula E news this week for once. Uh, we do have some W Series news, though. Uh, the all-female single-seater championship, which we've mentioned a couple of times in the past, uh, they announced this week that uh, Channel 4 are going to be broadcasting every race live in the UK, which is uh, which is very mm. cool for them. Um, that starts on the 4th of May in Hockenheim. Um, so I think we'll definitely be giving that a look. They're really cool-looking uh, cars that they're racing in that. They're kind of F3 spec, I think, aren't they? Yeah, as far as I know, they're the same as the F3 spec. Yeah, it uh, looks very cool. And there's some sort of very cool names in the driver lineup there. So... Um, yeah, those of you in the UK can watch it on Channel 4. Those of you elsewhere, they've not said where you can watch it yet, but I'm sure that information will appear at some point. Then last bit of news, uh, Brendan Lee, who you may have heard of as the two-time Formula 1 esports champion, uh, has been doing some real car racing again. Um, he did the Race of Champions last year. I think it was like a esports qualifying thing. But he also made his Formula 4 debut at Snetterton uh, last weekend after only three days of testing. Managed to finish fourth in his first race uh, and then sadly crashed in race two and retired with mechanical issues in race three. But even so, to finish fourth in your first ever race is pretty impressive. That's super impressive. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it seems to be a thing that's happening more and more often these days. Like There's been a number of drivers who've sort of moved from virtual racing to real racing. Uh, Jan Mardenborough is probably the most notable one. Um, he started yeah, with yeah. Gran Turismo and has raced Le Mans. I think he's in Super GT these is days. He's the, he the Nissan guy, isn't he? Yeah, it was the GT Academy for Nismo. That was it. Yeah. But yeah, like there's seen more and more drivers kind of making that move from virtual to real now. And vice versa, there's more and more real drivers doing virtual driving kind of to pass the time and you know i guess keep their skills up to check like lando norris does loads and loads of um i racing stuff i know and uh max verstappen i know races against him quite a lot as well <laughs> yeah i think especially the younger drivers that seems to be a thing they're doing more of but it's interesting i wonder how long it's going to be before we see someone starting with the f1 video games and then kind of making their way to actually driving an f1 car be interesting it's going to happen mm. eventually i think 
It's got to eventually, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Brendan Lee will be the first. Maybe he. Yeah, I'm sure if they're putting him in um, a Formula Three car, he's they've got their eyes on a potential test for him in oh, a car in the future. Might not be it, in a Mercedes necessarily, but it'll be in a Formula One. It'd be it'd be a cool thing to see, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's notable as well how Brendan Lee, in the nicest possible way, for the first F1 Championship, he was kind of. He looked like what you'd expect, uh, sort of sat in his bedroom playing video games all day type of person to look. <laughs> Chris, I literally just stopped myself from saying this. <laughs> but, like, ever since he won the first championship, and obviously he's now a Mercedes esports driver, like, he is, he looks fitter than I've ever been in my entire life. Like, Mercedes have clearly shown him how to... Uh, train like an actual racing driver <laughs> two tickets to the gun show yeah exactly it obviously works because <laughs> he's now driving formula ford cars which i'm almost certain don't have power steering <laughs> but yeah it's it's a it's a cool thing it's worth keeping an eye on i think yeah defo um i guess moving on to baku itself um all all 51 laps of it 306.049 kilometers according oh, to my wow. little stat box Very precise uh, current lap record is Sebastian Vettel with a 143.4, which I would suspect we will see beaten this weekend. Mate, that's from 2017, right? Yeah. It is, yeah. It's a couple years old now. It, sh- it should get beaten this... I think it'll be to do with slipstream if it does get break- broken this yeah, year. Because the wings true, are much yeah. bigger, aren't they? The wing- So there's going to be a lot more drag on these cars. So it might not necessarily, this particular race, be quicker. But you never know. You never know. In terms of tyres, it's the C2, C3 and C4 for those of you who care about that, which is essentially it's the middle three is what you need to know, which again is pretty standard for Baku in the past. Stu's annoyed that we're talking about tyres already. Can you tell? Could you, did you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Could you sense it? <laughs> yeah, so a few like storylines going into this race. Once again, it's Ferrari. Can they actually get a result? Um, as we've already said, like on paper, this circuit should suit their car. But do we have any faith in them turning it around this time? We've said it twice already. Mm. Depends what the updates bring. Yeah, it does. What do you know? Are they just aero updates, or are they engine updates? Or they've not really said. It sounds like it's going to be aero stuff, mm. but we don't know for certain. Mm. But I guess. I mean, look on on paper, they've got the. Fa- they've, I still think they've got the fastest car. They're just not like we've said already. They're just not getting it in the window. Yeah. Um, Chamber did a really good video on um, getting cars in the window, didn't he, this week? Yes, I've not had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah. Um, uh, well, he say in that in his video, he explains that because the rear wing has much more downforce this year compared to what the front wing had last year, the balance is very, very, it's, it's made it much more difficult to balance the cars because the front wing is generating so little actual downforce. The main purpose of the front wing is to shape the air around the car rather than uh, actually generate, you know, the push down into the into mm-hmm. the tarmac. Um, but because the rear wing is so ginormous, that's suddenly generating a huge amount of downforce compared to in previous years. So that has sort of, I wouldn't say it's necessarily caught teams off guard, but it's definitely made it much more, 
it's made the cars way more peaky than yeah. what they were. It sounds like understeer city. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's it. Yeah, and this track obviously is very, very difficult to set up for anyway because there's some windy sections, there's a few fast corners, and a few medium speed corners. Sorry, so there's the real there's a real compromise. Mm. You want to trim off as much as much downforce as you can so you can get that advantage down the straight. And Ferrari, if they do that right, they will have an advantage because they've got the fastest, they've got the most powerful engine at the moment. We could be in for another Bahrain kind of. You know, lead from the front, just absolutely run away with it. Yeah. Well, I guess what works in Ferrari's favour is that you can keep people behind you on this circuit everywhere except the big straights. And if their advantage is on the straights, it's going to make them very hard to overtake. Yeah. It all depends on how many safety cars you end up with as well, though, because it's you can build a gap, but it can instantly yeah. be yeah. destroyed by something like that. And you know, it's completely walled, isn't it? And we, we see a number of cars each year end up in at least one of them. Yes. Yeah. And of course, once the safety car comes out, when it goes back in, you're under threat from about 10 cars behind yeah. you all yeah. slipstreaming down that straight. And the slipstream effect this year will be humongous. Oh, it's me well. ridiculous, yeah. Oh, can't I see the Formula 2 race, actually? That's going to be <laughs> chaos. <laughs> I think both. I think all, all weekend, it's just going to be absolute carnage it's gonna be yeah madness. it really I, is i can't wait for it yeah. i think it's gonna be an absolutely brilliant weekend yeah me too racing um next little storyline uh can renault get any close to red bull or can red bull get any close to ferrari uh they're both teams that have been fast at this track in the past albeit red bull haven't necessarily converted that speed into results other than uh, ricardo's win a couple of years ago uh, mm-hmm. i don't know which of those you think is more likely i think for me it's more likely that Red Bull will increase the gap to Renault um, and get closer to yeah. maybe get a little bit closer to Ferrari. My, the reason I say that is because there's a much bigger gap between their two drivers this year, so they, I doubt they'll be uh, crashing into each other. <laughs> yeah, which leads nicely into the next storyline of can Gasly get any close to Verstappen? As you say, I think the drivers crashing into each other is something that can maybe worry a little less about this year. Yeah, it, Gasly's still struggling a little with the way that the Red Bull works compared to the Toro Rosso, isn't he? Like he's he said himself that he's still trying to find that adjustment to his driving style to get the best out of it. Um, which I do hope he gets on top of it sooner rather than later because it it gets a lot of questions asked about him like every week now, isn't it? Every, every it's, and it's going to keep happening until he closes the gap. So. Or, or at least he finishes at least one race at yeah. max or something like that. He's he's said that he thinks it's the corner exit rather than entry yes. that he's losing time because um, you can't be as aggressive with the red ball as he's used to with the Toro Rosso. So he's not only slower, but also wearing his tyres quicker at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at least he's identified the problem. Yeah, and if you're slow on the exit of a corner, that's going to cost you quite badly because it means that you you're not building up this the same mm. Vmax as what you would if you were if you were slow on corner entry especially, especially here. in Baku <laughs> yeah and then last sort of storyline is do we think we could get another unexpected podium uh this is the only circuit the last 2 years where we've had something other than a Mercedes Ferrari or Red Bull taking up all the podium spots um specifically Perez last year and Stroll uh the year before and Perez in 2016 as well when it was the yep. European GP yes um although the 2016 we had a couple more um Bottas picked up one or two for Williams that year 
but yeah, they've, they've been rare recently. Uh, this is one of the few places we've got them. Uh, F1 Debate wrote in to say, who can we see being the surprise podium this year? Um, Danny Rick, Hulkenberg, Russell, lots of question marks. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like the idea of a Russell podium. I do like the idea of that. What would have to happen for that to become? <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd I need mean, a you'd need a pretty big pile up at the start of the race, I think, for that to happen. But. Well, is it more or less likely than a stroll podium in 2017? Oh, definitely mm. less likely, I'd say. <laughs> just just the car. The car's so yeah far off the pace, isn't it? it that's my serious answer. My, yeah, sadly, you're right. That's my, my brain says that, but my heart says more likely. <laughs> Why would that be? <laughs> Him and Lando mm. on the podium together. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Lando. I tell you what, I wonder what the odds are on that. That's worth a little punt, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not. <laughs> Please do not take Stu's words as gambling advice. Thank you. If you want to get get rid of that money, just send it me. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, though, the Renaults are probably best place to pick up a surprise podium. Um, it'd yeah. be kind of hilarious to see Ricardo get one before Hulkenberg given that he's been trying for <laughs> oh, imagine. many years oh that'd be so savage I mean, I'd be... love to see I'd love to see I would love to see one of the Renaults I'd love to see both of either of those two on the podium would be epic yeah, wouldn't it it'd be nice yeah uh, do we think McLaren are going to be close enough I'm interested to see where they end up this weekend after kind of seeming to drop off a little last week no last time out last race yeah in China yeah, yeah. Would you then, Tom, say that they are your team to watch this weekend? Not necessarily to say that they will perform, but to see how they perform, yes. So who would be your team to watch this weekend? (laughs) As in to perform? Probably the Ferrari to see what them updates bring. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I've sort of shoehorned you both into doing this now, but Stu, who would say is your team to watch? Um, oh, it's a tricky one. Um, I think this week, actually, based on what we just said, I think I I would like to go with Renault for my team to watch. I think they they could spring a surprise potentially and get themselves a cheeky little podium if there's enough carnage. Yeah. Yes. I would probably say Renault as well for much the same reasons. I mean, I'd love to say someone a bit further down, but. Given that no one else is really bringing upgrades, you can't. It's hard to see any of the teams behind them making that step forward. Another one actually is um, Racing Point are actually bringing a um, Baku specific um, aero package. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So um, if I just to differentiate between us two, Chris, I think I'll, <laughs> I'll change mine to Racing Point to see what their uh, their upgrades can do. That's very generous of you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, how about a driver to watch? Does anybody want to drop in one of those? I'm going Bottas here because he's always come so close, but not quite got it in Azerbaijan. Like there was, he had a half decent performance when he was in the Williams, and it wasn't that competitive when it was the European GP. And then he's he was second that year when he beat Stroll on the line which was 2017. And then last year, he realistically would have won it were it not for that puncture. So he's my guy for this weekend, I think. Yeah, I like that. I like that as well. Stu? My one. I'm going to double down on, well, sort of half double down on Renault. And I'm going to say 
Nico Hulkenberg. I think Nico Hulkenberg might be able to get himself his first podium this weekend, and I'll, I'll be wow. watching out for that. That's I'd like it's, I'd like that to happen. I'd very it's much just like that, that to happen. It's just that kind of race. It's just that kind it of, is. you don't know what's going to happen. So you know, like it's it's full of surprises. It's impossible to predict. The, there will be an upset. There's you're absolutely guaranteed one way or another that will there'll be an upset. It's the kind of track that just generates a bit of. Um, a bit of craziness. Yeah. Don't say it's impossible to predict. Predictions are after Chris has made his choice. Yeah, I know. I'm just, just realising now. <laughs> you better start predicting. Yeah. For me, I think it's uh, Charles Leclerc again, um, yeah. purely because he seems to like this track a lot. He was yes near untouchable in his Formula 2 race there. Um, and then last year, he managed to get uh, sixth place in uh, Sauber, which was actually earlier in the season than when Sauber really started getting these good results. Um, so I think he's going to be the faster Ferrari again this weekend. Yeah. He's, I'm making that call. Big call. Um, but let's make some even bigger calls and do some actual predictions. So, yeah. Um, fastest in Q3 before penalties. Let's go. Chris, you can go first. Every week we've talked about how we don't think Ferrari are going to do enough and then go and pick a Ferrari to pole anyway so I'm going to break that habit and I'm going to say Hamilton Ham- what? Hamilton okay uh, Tom who's yours? I think judging by what I saw of the speed trap data last race and where we think the Ferrari will be it will be a Ferrari pole and I'm going to go along with Chris's previous sort of Charles will be better than Seb thing and go Leclerc Leclerc. Okay. Um, for the sake of differentiation, <laughs> again, um, I my heart my, my head says Hamilton. If I'm because uh, he was by far the quickest in every sector. If he'd strung it together last race, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Vettel again. I'm gonna don't let me down, Sebastian. I'm gonna say Vettel. Um, <laughs> Tom, who's gonna win? So this is going to my my man himself, Valtteri Bottas. Bottas. Uh, Chris, who's your, who's got your vote for the win? I wholeheartedly agree with Tom. You're going to go Bottas as well. Double bot. I'm going Bottas. Redemption for last year. Yeah, that's what I'll. Oh, annoyingly, that's a heart prediction, isn't it? It I'm is. Try yeah. And stop doing that. But he is good here. He is good here. He's very good here. I'm justifying it to yeah. myself now. <laughs> Um, head prediction. I think the leader of this race will not win it if it is Vettel, if he qualifies on pole, because mm-hmm. just because that slipstream effect, I think he'll get overtaken by the other Ferrari. But if he does get overtaken by the other Ferrari, will Ferrari make them switch places? I suppose that's a uh, that's another storyline, isn't it? Yeah, that's another will, big question. Will Leclerc? continue to be made into number two by Ferrari. But if I had to hazard a guess as to who will win the race, I'm going to go Vet, uh, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first DNF, um, it's my turn to go first. Last race, first DNF was, it was Hulkenberg last time. Hulkenberg, of course. Um, Last season, Sorokin. It was Sorokin who isn't in. And Ocon. I think, but he's no. in the Williams and Esteban <laughs> oh, Ocon, yeah. who also isn't in. From Williams. 
Um, so Nico Hülkenberg before that. Um, I am going to go with Danny Kvyat. He, I, f- I feel like Danny Kvyat is going to be the butt of a lot of uh, first DNF predictions this season. Yeah, that's going to be a popular choice. <laughs> yeah. Chris, who are you going to go for? Last year, it was like a collision in the kind of mid-pack-ish. So I'm going to go for mm-hmm. something similar and say... Let's go Magnuson. I don't want to be hard on Grosjean and say Grosjean against Solko for his teammate. Optimistic, thinking he'll be in the middle based on those tyre temperature problems they've been having. Uh, middle-ish, I said. <laughs> uh, Tom? <laughs> um, I was... I was going to originally say Giovinazzi because I didn't think he'd been here before, but he won one of the races. In fact, he might have won both of them in one of the GP2 years, so I'm still going to go with him anyway, but I just realised that my entire theory for doing so is flawed, that's all. (laughs) 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 Chris, your turn to go first, I think. Um, Number of finishes. Not many, if previous races are anything to go on. Yeah. Uh, last season, there were one, two, three, four, five, six retirements. So that's 14 finishes. Same Ish. year before as well. Hmm. Oh, tell a lie. Bottas retired. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, it was 13 finishes. And last same thing with Kimmy the year before. He was officially a retirement by our uh, standards. It was 13. Yes, that's correct. As well. Well, I was going to say I'll go one better and say 15, but now you've told me it's 13, I'll go one better and say 14. <laughs> 14, okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to go lower than my usual um, prediction of 16. I'm going to go 15. <sighs> that rules out the two choices that I wanted to go with. Oh, <laughs> no. Sorry, Tom. Sorry. I'm just going to have to copy someone. Um, I'm going to go with 15. 15 okay mm. cool and then chris could, I, could you hit me with a random driver sivu play i can oh no oh no oh that's gone really badly for two of us is it bottas bottas is it? bottas first i'm not wimping out of this first wow first there you go tom's putting his money's where, where his mouth is chris i'm gonna go back i'm gonna throw back to you before i make mine just given because... that Given that I've scored a single point all season, I don't want to set my sights too high and be going for five out of five every week. So I'm going to hedge my bets and say second. Second. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So you think the Mercedes will have a one-two? Are you saying Hamilton's going to win it? I suppose I am. Yeah. But I'm also not because I'm saying Bottas wins. Yeah. Well, wow. (laughs) (laughs) No commitment from Chris. No spine. (laughs) Um, I am going to say Bottas will... Finish. I think he'll finish fourth. I think he's going to finish behind two Ferraris. Hmm. It's not a bad. And I think it, if he finishes behind Hamilton as well, then that puts him fourth. If the two Ferraris win it, which or are in the mix, so yeah, that's my gibberish done. <laughs> nice. We've had a few calls in the inbox for bonus predictions from people. Um, Brooke Archer wants us to predict who's going to bin it under the safety car and blame Ericsson. Um, <laughs> Giovinazzi because it used to be his seat <laughs> oh yeah it did <laughs> I'm going to continue being nice to Grosjean and say his teammate again um, yeah, I, don't, I, I'm just, I don't know what happened um, maybe uh, Kvyat I'm just going to say Kvyat again 
how has he got his seat? How is the only reason he's got his race seat back is because literally Red Bull have got nobody else to <laughs> yeah. take the seat. So yeah. he's just keeping it warm. Yeah. Um, Eduardo Tavares wants us to predict which teammates are going to collide this time. <laughs> I can tell you which ones definitely won't, and that'll be the Ferraris because Ferrari will tell one of them to get behind the other. Yes, and hold station. And I think the Mercedes boys are too sensible to do it with Bottas and Hamilton. Yeah, there's too much respect between those yeah. two. So it could could be... I mean, there's not... In terms of, like, at the moment in, in Formula 1, in terms of, like, teammate rivalries, maybe... I don't know. Can you can anyone see a particular teammate rivalry? It's a bit early, isn't it? Spicing up at all? Yeah, yeah. It seems a bit... I suppose... The two McLarens, both of those guys have got a lot to prove. Yeah. Um, Pre- Norris being new and Sainz being sort of the, the de facto team leader. Perez likes bumping into people at Baku, so yeah, it does enjoy a Baku collision. Does <laughs> Perez? I'm I'm tempted to say Williams just because neither of them are racing anyone except each other. So mm. if anyone's going to be near the teammate on track, it's going to be the Williams drivers. Yeah, that's a possibility. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Haases. The two Haases seem they've got two fiery, unpredictable drivers. Yeah. Um, that if anything, they're the closest to like a, a strong rivalry in the early stages of the season. So yeah. I'm gonna go with those two. Um, and then the last we- prediction we've been asked for: uh, which of which two drivers from the top three teams will crash into each other this year? I think Max is going to torpedo Vettel, but unlike Viat, he'll get away with it because he's the golden boy of F1. <laughs> did I say who that was from? I don't you think did, I did. You that's didn't. You K, didn't. K Mengum 95, that's from. <laughs> K Mengum 95. Two drivers from the top three. I, let's go repeat and say Vettel and Lewis. Nah, I don't think that'll happen again. I, I, I'm going to go... Fighting into turn one, mate. <laughs> I think Bottas and Leclerc might have a bit of a an elbows out moment. I don't know if it'll end either of their races, but they'll definitely, yeah. I think they'll come into contact at some point. I think if he's anyone in that top three teams, it's going to be Vettel and Verstappen. Yeah, v- Vettel Verstappen sounds like a plausible one. Yeah. Verstappen Absolutely. making an attempted overtake that's uh, ambitious and puts a collision as a possibility and then Vettel over defending it. And ended up pointing <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, should we do some actual proper inbox? Yeah. Box, box, box after it. that. Yeah. Uh, the Paul DeResta hot take repository. <laughs> <laughs> I love these names. Um, excited to hear that F1 wants to expand with another race in China. Not just any race, a street race. Uh, I'm glad they've hmm. thought the solution to making China care about F1 is introducing a, an even blander track. <laughs> Though on the plus <laughs> side, at least it won't sink into the swamps like Ferrari is sinking their championship contendership. Uh, I am harsh on street track as nearly all of them are boring to watch, but the exception in the short amount of time it's existed is Baku, if only because it seems to turn everyone into the equivalent of a Gran Turismo online racer. (laughs) 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 Um, Baku is the best street track. Would you agree or disagree? And if you disagree, which is your favourite street track? That's a great question. It's a really good question. And some loaded opinions. (laughs) As per... Um, I have my opinion. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Um, I think my favourite street track, it's got to be Monaco. Monaco is just like, it's the crown jewel in, it's the jewel in the crown of the Formula One season, as they always say. And it's it's as much the driver against the track as it is the driver against the the rest of the teams and the rest of the other drivers. 
that race is won and lost on a Saturday and it's my favourite qualifying session of the entire season. And what about you, Chris? I think with Monaco, that's exactly the problem is that by Saturday afternoon, it's more or less over because the race itself is usually kind of boring. I'm thinking maybe Macau would be a good shout for it. Macau is just a mental track um, and the races there are always just very, very exciting. Not an F1 track, I admit, but... We'd end up with a pile up in that yeah. corner, like what? I honestly every year don't in Macau, think an F1 car could get around that hair no, in Macau. I don't think it could either. Yeah. I think they're too big. I think the cars are honestly too big. Yeah. To Three point turnaround there. Yeah, <laughs> be an interesting challenge at least. Um, I'm I'm sort of fifty fifty on this one, so I'm half with Stu on the fact that I love the challenge that is Monaco because of how tight it is and how precise you've got to be, but because of the whole it's kind of won with the fastest lap on a Saturday more or less it it's lost some of its charm for me I guess and I'd kind of go along with the Paul Dress the Hot Tape repository the last couple of Baku races have been pretty good and if we get another good one this weekend then that's yeah three in a row it's it's becoming a bit of a sort of a, a street track feature isn't it so mm. split between those two for me Anthony Jones is it Anthony or Anthony Anthony Jones says, curious to know if you think that after China, Ferrari will try not to give team orders this race and let Vettel and Leclerc race it out so they can try to get both cars on the podium and give Mercedes hmm. a run. Um, I mean, I'm I sure they'd love I both th- cars on the podium. Yeah, <laughs> but- I, think they'll, uh, I think they're just going to keep going with the team orders myself for the moment. I think so too, given the history of this track when teammates race each other especially. Um, and they've said, I've said it last episode, they've said openly they will keep Fear yeah. and Vettel until there's no mathematical reason to do so. So it's going to keep happening, unfortunately. Yeah, yep, I think And so like we well. said, what Leclerc needs to do is just out-qualify his teammate and then run away with it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, next, Katie uh, says, can't wait for Baku, but honestly feeling like unless we get a Ferrari win this weekend, we are in for a very boring season. Mm. Kind of starting to look that way, isn't it? I saw a side-by-side earlier of the um, championship table at this point, this season and last season, and Vettel's like barely got more than half the points he had at this point last year. It's, it doesn't bode well for them at all. But... I don't know, things can change very quickly in F1. It only takes a couple of off weekends for Mercedes for them to be back in it. Yeah, We can hope. I, I, I genuinely think that Ferrari will get right back in it this weekend. I think it's theirs to lose. Well, I saw something interesting on the internet. I'm trying to literally find it as I talk about it, but I can't see it now. It was earlier on, and someone had basically worked out if Vettel finishes first and Lewis finishes second for the foreseeable future in every race, it would take five races for Vettel to actually now overtake Lewis, which Whoa. actually shows you how much of a lead Mercedes are already starting to eke out. And even if you factor in fastest laps, mm-hmm. it would bring it down to four races for Vettel if he got them all. And then Lewis could drag it out to six races if he came second with all the fastest laps. Mm. And yeah. somebody like... So people on Reddit like to do maths and stuff like that. And it was, oh, I've just found it. Um, a user called Balls to Break Late 44. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it basically would have it had taken until France for Vettel to overtake, even if he won every race. It only takes one DNF, though. 
That is very true. You never know when that's going to come. Most people have, even most champions, have at least one a season. Definitely. It's not a, it's just a hypothesis, isn't it? But it, it... Oh, yeah, it's interesting to see that's how big the gap is already. Exactly, yeah. So moving on, Barry Weston says, I think a Red Bull win would make it interesting. Max in P3 in the driver's standings right now. Um, fair point. It all it takes a Baku mistake, doesn't yeah. it, for one of their front runners and he's the kind of guy that takes a sniff at any of those and runs away with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, how far behind is he in the standings? It can't be much, can it? 29 points behind Hamilton. Oh. Mm. He could definitely overtake Bottas. What are the standings? What are the, what are the championship standings right now? Uh, Ham- Hamilton, 68. Bottas, 62. Verstappen, 39. Vettel, 37. Leclerc, 36. Leclerc, 36. So Verstappen's third in the championship. He's ahead yes, of Vettel. he is. Yeah. That is insane, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't have predicted that uh, after testing, would you? Mm. I mean, I I would say I don't think it had made. I think a Red Bull win is actually the worst possible thing for all we for the championship. What we want is unless you know unless Mercedes have a mare and they're like somewhere down in like fifth and sixth, which ain't gonna happen. Really, we need we do really need we just need Ferrari to win to make it really really good, and we need a few. We need a bit of an upset for. The, uh, the the leader unfortunately because even though you know I'm a fan I like I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll openly admit that I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan um, you don't want to wish ill on people but... no no you don't but I do want to see this go to the wire and the way it's looking at the moment if Hamilton gets another win it's looking less and less likely even though we're very early in the season that's life say is Baku the most unpredictable race of the season my answer to that is yes it is or it has been the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, anyone care to agree or disagree with me? I'd I'd say I don't know if it's the most unpredictable race of the season. Hey, <laughs> um, I'd say judging by my recent results on predictions league, <laughs> they're all as bad as each other. Yeah. That is I mean, a very good point. <laughs> Every we've yeah, if you take the predictions that we make, there's no such thing as a predictable race in Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> Um, finally, one of I think one of the favourite bits of inbox we've ever had um, from a household in Birmingham, <laughs> uh, and that household say, uh, living in a shared household with busy lives, we tend to watch the Grand Prix on a Monday night after work. And during China, we realised they were eating Chinese food, and that gave us a great idea. For each race, we base our dinner on the cuisine of the country the race is being held in. So we started looking through the calendar, and of course, there's obvious ones like Italy, China, USA, etc. But then it gets tricky when you start looking at the Middle Eastern races like Bahrain and Abu Dhabi. Do you think you guys would be able to come up with a whole F1 season of dinner? We love listening to keep it the good work, Tom, Red, and Sarah, um, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Stu suggested we could just have a, a regular feature of uh, <laughs> local cuisine, <laughs> a sort of What's, what's the menu this week or what's in the catering truck? Yeah, I've kind of already looked this up and picked two things that I want to eat. So. Oh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely have. So the two things that I found looking this up, are uh, there's something called dushbara, which are like little dumplings filled with lamb and herbs. And then I think it's pronounced kutab, which is like some sort of like pancake tortilla type thing. And that's again filled with lamb and cheese and stuff like that. They both look really nice. Mm, I could go for that. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're both my suggestions based on reading <laughs> some Azerbaijan cuisine lists. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a couple of things I looked up that I definitely don't want to try. 
Um, yes, <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm going for. That's what we're going for. <laughs> uh, one is PT, which is the national soup of Azerbaijan, which is made from mutton on the bone cooked Ooh. in broth, which Ooh. mutton just puts me off. Um, and then to drink with that, you can have a nice glass of Ayran, I think it's called, uh, which is a cold yogurt beverage mixed with salt. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That didn't look good. Oh, my God. That sounds repulsive. It doesn't look great either. Yeah. It's all frothy on the top, yeah. isn't it? That one. I remember looking at it and thinking, because I thought it was like a weird milkshake thing. Yeah. Apparently, it's a salty one. Off when I saw it. Oh, no. I think my favorite thing, we're going like, into a weird territory here, but my favorite thing <laughs> I saw looking up Azerbaijani cuisine was um, something called plov. Uh, and I just love how specific <laughs> that sounds, this is. That already sounds bad. <laughs> Plov. It's it's the description says plov consists of three distinct components served simultaneously but on separate platters. Uh, rice, warm, never hot. Um, fried meat, dried fruit or eggs, and aromatic herbs. Rice is not mixed with the other components, even when eating. What? Why? Like, all right. Calm down. I don't know. You get like a, a rule book with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's served on a rule book. I like that it comes with rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do quite the idea of having like a little food corner every week now when we um, do yeah, our previews. I'm, I'm totally up for that. I'm absolutely up for that. That's what you've done there, a household from Birmingham, is you've invented an entire slot for a podcast. So give yourself a round of applause. Yeah, thank you for that. You've given us a whole new feature. Yeah. Um, I'd love to We've say been... I'll actually try some of these <laughs> things, but looking at this list, I don't know if any of these are going to be available in Brixton. Yeah. Well, we've been trying to spice up... Um, preview episodes for quite a long time now so i think that <laughs> might just be the case that we've got there see what i did there something to get his teeth into at least <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um i think that that'll do our visit to the kitchen for this week yeah yeah let's not make a too long a feature <laughs> yeah um is there anything else you guys want to throw in or shall we wrap up for the week I've, i think that'll yeah, do i as think well, that'll yeah. do as right week. yes uh, if you want to get in touch with us with gems like that, uh, you can talk to us on Twitter. We are at Back of the Grid F1. Uh, we're on Facebook. Just search for Back of the Grid and Instagram is at Back of the Grid. Uh, or you can go to our website, backofthegrid.com, where there's a, a form you can fill out to contact us. And that's also where you can submit your predictions. Uh, as always, there's a prize for the season champion and a prize for anyone who can get five out of five, which has already happened once this season. So never, ever too late to get involved. So please uh, join us on that as well. And I think that will do us. So we will be back in just under a week's time to review the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. But until then, goodbye and well done, Baku. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Goodbye. <laughs> you, just, you just completely ruined the outro, Chris. <laughs> Shoehorned in there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I was grinning through the entire theme tune at the end there. I just couldn't. <laughs> did, did you like, did you drop something on the floor as you were like pressing the button as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Stu that dropped something. It was me. All right. Yeah, I dropped something. In, in, my, in my laughter, I dropped something as well. A pen. <laughs> <laughs>